Welcome to Grace Notes. We've been talking about the mission project our hosts, Barb and Dale Sandbeck, undertook to build the first Christian radio station in southern Belize. We learned that God has called every believer to serve Him in a specific way, and that we can know what our calling is when God reveals a need to us and then equips us to handle it. But to be successful in God's sight, we must be willing to first accept the burden God gives us along with the call. Many of us just don't want to be bothered with this, so we either quit prematurely or do what we do out of obligation rather than love, which 1 Corinthians 13.3 says gains us nothing. Before we start any project, we need to pray to love those we will serve the way God does. On our program today, Barbara Sandbeck will talk about another important aspect of a successful ministry effort, counting the cost. So, you want to go to the mission field, do you? Have you counted the cost? Oh, I don't mean just in dollars and cents. Oh, that's obviously needful. There's more to it than that. To be a disciple of Jesus, you need to follow Him. Go where He tells you to go and do exactly what He tells you to do. In other words, emulate Him. Jesus Himself, while He was here on earth, said that He only did what He saw His Father doing. His mind must have been so fixed on God that He received a mental picture of the action He was to take. When it came time for Him to pay the cost for our sin, to suffer and die on Calvary's cross... He willingly said, Not my will, but thine be done. Why? Because he loved the Father so much that he loved what the Father loved, us. Jesus truly is God's heart. How can we become God's heart to the world around us? To begin the process of being a disciple, we need to hold loosely to relationships, just as Jesus did on earth. He said that he gave himself to no man. In Luke 14, Jesus discusses the cost of being a disciple. Jesus said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, Jesus wasn't talking about salvation here, rather active discipleship. He's looking for people to serve him who are willing to live devotedly and passionately for him, to love Him supremely and even die for Him if necessary. Love for Christ must be so great that all other loves are hated by comparison. Family ties can never be allowed to keep us from full obedience to the Lord. He goes on to say in Luke 14 that if you wanted to build a tower, you'd surely figure out what it would cost beforehand, or if you were going to go to war, You'd spend considerable time determining whether you had enough resources to win. Otherwise, you'd look pretty foolish in both cases. Jesus ended this discourse by saying, In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. While on earth, Jesus didn't even have a place to lay his head. How much is the need for security and possessions running our lives and keeping us from being the disciples we need to be. Considerations of personal comfort and safety must be subordinated to the great task of glorifying Christ and making Him known. Our self-centeredness must be crucified daily and replaced with Christ-centered lives. Again, Jesus says in that chapter, 
Anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. If we choose to follow Christ, we can expect reproach from unbelievers, persecution, suffering, loneliness, and possible death. That's carrying our cross. Romans 8.17 says that if we want to share in God's glory, we must share in His suffering. Be assured, though, there is great reward in store for those who choose to follow Him. Jesus said in Luke 9.62, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. We need to count the cost of being Christ's disciple so that we'll know what we're getting into and won't be tempted to turn back. This would be a worse testimony than if we'd never started. Having said all this, I need to say that it doesn't come naturally or easy. We sure felt like Abraham when the Lord said to him, Leave your family and everything you're comfortable with and go. (laughs) Belize is a poor third world country. It's truly a sacrifice to be there. It has a jungle-like rainforest climate, so you can picture that. Hot, humid, and full of bugs. <laughs> there are no convenience stores, communication is very limited, and the phone service costs are the highest in the world, if you can even find one. We'd studied about the country and knew what we'd be up against, but it's not the same as being there. I found that I was homesick especially during special days like Mother's Day and Father's Day and birthdays. Dr. Look, the director who had asked us to do this, gave us some wonderful advice beforehand. He said, There's always a sacrifice to serve, so expect it. Don't begrudge being infringed upon. Choose not to be offended. Good advice. I didn't think I'd have trouble with that, because we have so much and people there have so little. But there was one thing I knew I'd need to give over to the Lord. Dr. Look had spent considerable time in Belize and in the Congo, where they have these small insects called noceums. They're named that because you can't see them, but they sure can do a number on you. (laughs) His legs were permanently scarred from being bitten by them. Now, I didn't like the thought of my body being marred by bugs, so I told God so. But he reminded me that Jesus was marred for me. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him, and by His wounds we are healed. Verse 7 says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet He did not open His mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, So he did not open his mouth. Boy, I was humbled by that. Christ didn't complain. His love for mankind made him overlook the suffering and the shame. Hebrews 2.10 says, Jesus, the captain of our salvation, was made perfect or complete through suffering. His suffering completed our salvation package. The penalty for our sin was paid and God's undeniable love was demonstrated by an empathizing Savior who said, Not my will, but thine be done. Oh, how can we not be willing to endure trials and sufferings for an opportunity to win someone to Christ, to lead them from an eternity in hell to an eternity with God? 
Oh, if we can just learn to love others as God does, we can put up with anything. Well, the bug bites were a constant source of irritation to me in Belize. I'd lie there at night and say, Oh, God, just help me not to scratch these. I suppose they were my thorn in the flesh. I had a new rash of them every day. Nothing I put on myself would keep them away. I had to chuckle a bit, though, when I asked our young Belizean friend why Dale wasn't bitten as much as me, and he said it was because I was sweeter. <laughs> Not true, but I had some fun with that. Paul said in Second Corinthians 12.10, For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In his weaknesses, God's strength was manifested in him. Through experience, he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.1, Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And in Ephesians 6.19, he wrote, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We don't have to conjure up the strength ourselves. When we're willing to accept the assignment, we'll receive God's grace and power to help us in our times of need. The end result of our suffering and sacrifice is that we'll be stronger for it. I consider it an honor to have been asked to sacrifice in this way. The bug bites did leave some scars, but when I look at them, I think of Christ. My scars will be gone when I receive my glorified body, but Jesus will wear His for eternity. We'll never be the same as before we went. Our spiritual faith muscles are stronger because of what we endured. It all boils down to the question, Can you trust God? Or better yet, will you trust God to see you through? He gave His Son to die for you. He keeps His promises. He will make you strong. So just say, Not my will, but Thine be done. Lord, sometimes I feel the weight of every trial So I count the cost and trust you as your child Steps and 
Listening to Grace Notes. For more information about this ministry, write to Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland 21047, or visit us at our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your Grace Notes be a song of praise. <laughs>